Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 145. This week, I want to deal with the basics of salvation. There are many words in the New Testament that tell us about what God has done for us in Christ. You see, the Bible says where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. There are a couple of words for sin in the New Testament, but there are many words over and above words that declare for us what God has done for us in Christ. And many times, especially in days like we're living now, when people are confused and people are tried and they're anxious, there is a sense of abandonment sometimes because of a lack of knowledge. Every church that I have pastored, when I have gone in, there has been a remarkable lacking in understanding of the basics of the Christian faith. And so today, I want to try to break down some terms for you, and throughout the week, help us to understand what can be very complex issues, and sometimes we make them so, but God has made it crystal clear. You see, when I grew up in the hills of East Tennessee, I would go and listen to pastors preach, and they would talk about the grace of God and that God would forgive us of all that we've done if we would place our trust and faith in Him, repent of our sins, so forth. Then they would usually add something to it, because if you didn't do this and you didn't do that, then that was a sure sign that you weren't saved, and all of these man-made pharisaical rules. And my life was just topsy-turvy. I didn't understand uh, the Bible. Bible, and no man had taught me. And so I began to dig in the Word of God for myself. I availed myself to a school that would teach me the truth of God's Word, and that meant I had to move a thousand miles away. But it was worth it for me because I wanted to learn the truth of what God says, not what this preacher or that preacher said. I wanted to learn for myself. I wanted to learn the languages so that, yes, I would still have to be taught, but I would know the language in which the old Old Testament was written and the New Testament was written. And I wanted to see for myself what God said in the language in which he said it. And so I've applied myself over the years to be able to do that so I could help others. And so today I want to talk to you about just the very basics of the Christian life. First of all, When we open up the Bible, the book of Romans is the book that deals with salvation better than any other in all of the Word of God. The book of Romans is Paul's magnum opus, his great volume on salvation. The book of Galatians is a microcosm of Romans in some ways because it teaches us that we are saved by the grace of God plus nothing. And whatever you add on to the grace of God and repentance, and trust in Christ, then it is always leading to heresy. And that's what happened in Galatia. And Paul hadn't been gone very long, and someone came in and stole their joy and stole the truth out of their hearts that God had placed there through the Apostle Paul. And so when we look at Romans, we see the great story of salvation. For instance, when you look at Romans chapter 3, after the Apostle Paul has talked about the degradation that happens in chapter 1, when we look away 
away from God himself and we begin to suppress the truth that is subjectively inside of us, inside of every man when they're born, an objective truth, even through nature itself, declare the glory of God and his eternal Godhead, that God is all-powerful, God is omniscient, that God is everywhere, there is no place where he is not. And so when you read through that, whether you are a Gentile or whether you are a Jew, Paul comes to the conclusion in chapter 3 of Romans, verse 10, that there is none righteous, no, not one. Now, that's a triple negative. That is there for emphasis. There is none righteous. And it's almost as though he was anticipating a but for someone to bring up someone or give some kind of statement to contradict that. He says there is none righteous. And just in case anybody brought up someone, he would say no. And then they would say, but not one. So there is none righteous, no, not one. And so that is why when you keep reading from chapter 3 and verse 10 down to 23, which is often quoted to help someone to understand what it means to be a Christian and to be a sinner and to have a need for forgiveness, then we often quote this verse, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Many times we don't even understand that verse ourselves. The word harmartia, which is translated sin there, is one of the words for sin that means to miss the mark. It is comparable to chata in the Old Testament in Psalm 51, for instance, and Psalm 32, when David is crying out to God in repentance and then rejoicing in chapter 32 that indeed his shortcomings had been forgiven and his sin had been forgiven. And God miraculously miraculously does this, but he says, for all have sinned. That is, we have missed the mark. And then there is a conjunction, chi. Now that can be paraphrastic. In other words, it can explain and paraphrase what the statement that's just been made, the phrase that's just been made has said. It can be coordinating, uh, subordinating. It can be all kinds of conjunctions. And you can uh, look at your English and Greek grammars to find that out. But let me just tell you, what it says. For all have missed the mark. That is, we have come short of the glory of God. You see, the last part of that verse tells you and defines for you what the missing of the mark is. For all have missed the mark. What is that mark? The mark is the glory of God. You see, our target is God himself. It's uh, not being as good as someone else on a relative comparable scale. Comparison is a horrible and deadly and damnable taskmaster because you can always find someone that you're better than they are and that produces pride or you can look around and never measure up to someone you might think is uh, much better than you are and that'll bring about depression and gloom and neither one are what God wants because you see who we are compared with is God himself and no one hits that mark. So all have sinned that is, we've all fallen short of the mark. We have missed the target. The very best we can do, we have missed the target. What is the target? It's the glory of God. And one day, God is going to bring us into his glory, and he is going to glorify us. But until that time, we need to understand in this aspect of salvation and forgiveness that the mark and the standard by which all of us will be judged is not our neighbor, not our pastor 
pastor, not our mom, our dad, our deacon, whatever the case is, or any person down through history, we are going to be judged in light of the glory of God. And let me tell you, all of us fall short. It doesn't matter who you are. I often use the illustration to help people understand that when people say, well, I'm not this or I'm not that, all of that's relative. Let's just say that we go over to the East Coast and we say we're all going to line up here and we're going to swim to England. Some are going to drown just as soon as they get over their heads because they can't swim at all. Others may swim a few yards. Some may even swim a quarter of a mile or a mile. Some may swim several miles, but nobody's going to make it. And so when you just realize that it doesn't matter how far you get on a relative scale, everybody's going to fall short of the mark and nobody's going to make it. So we can look back and say, boy, I made it farther than that one. And about that time, we're going to go under. You see, it's craziness. And this is the sinful way that Satan deceives us and his demons deceive us and our own flesh deceives us. And the world tells us that we need to compare ourselves. Nobody Nobody is as good as God, and everyone falls short. So we're in a dilemma. How do we get out of this? How do we deal with this? You say, well, I've heard this this Roman road all my life. Well, just listen. You may learn something because, you see, when we really know God and he is living in our lives, we want to learn and grow, and there's a desire within us. And as the song says that my grandmother used to sing, I love love to tell the story for those who know it best, for they seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest, not the attitude of, well, I already know all that. I've taught that. I don't need that. We all need it. And if Jesus lives in your heart, I assure you there is a desire to want to know him better and to know more about him, because the Bible says to those who believe Jesus is precious for On The Way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at tonycrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.